Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. He's so good. You can be seated this morning. We are so thankful and grateful that you're here today. We're going to continue this sermon series that we've been on. And again, we're glad all of you have come. We welcome all of those that are watching online. It's a wonderful day here uh, in Reed Church, and uh, we're just enjoying the presence of the Lord. I'm just a uh, great worship service, wasn't it? I'm just still kind of moved over the worship service today and uh, just kind of resonating in the presence of the Lord. We've been in a sermon series called Scorekeepers, and what we've been talking about is not keeping score. In other words, to choose to lose count of the things that you do. And this series really begins to challenge us to not keep tally of who owes us or who we owe, or even at some point even saying God owes us something or we deserve this, and instead choose to lose count of offenses, choose to lose count of what our right hand is doing. The Bible said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In other words, don't keep score with people, even acts of righteousness. I think last week you guys got to hear about uh, sometimes we're so righteous, but we're really self-righteous, aren't we? And we end up being uh, really uh, more selfish than we think. And if we're not careful, we begin to keep score, even with people, the things that we do. And people owe us this, and even God. And so we want to talk about scorekeepers today. But I want to get into a message I think will challenge us. And before we do, I'm going to pray and ask the grace of God uh, to help us. And uh, I believe the Lord will, will speak into our lives today. So, Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you that your word is true, that your word is powerful, even in 2022. And God, wherever state of mind that people are in right now, wherever they're at spiritually, mentally, right now in their lives, I pray that the word of God would come alive and speak in their their situation and circumstances. And so I pray for the anointing and the power of God today as I minister your word. Let the people hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus name and everyone said amen Uh, there's a scripture out of Genesis that I want to read to you today out of Genesis uh, chapter 24 and it's a wonderful story and I kind of I was going to kind of condense it but I want you to read this story if you've never read this story and kind of read along with me Uh, and it's in Genesis chapter 24 uh, starting with verse uh, Number eight, I'm going to just read a few verses of scripture. It says, and if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath and do not take my son back there. And I'll give you a little bit of background in just a moment. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. The servant took 10 of his master's camels and they departed. For all of his master's goods were in his hand, and he arose and went to Mesopotamia, the city of Naor, and he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out 
to draw water. And this is the time where in the evening where people went to, this was their source of water. And so they went out every evening to draw the water and all the women from the city went there. Then he said, O Lord God of, of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may draw water. And she said, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you've appointed by your servant Isaac, or for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you've shown kindness to my master. And it happened before he had finished speaking that behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethel, son of Micah, the wife of Naor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold. She was a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well. She filled her pitcher, came up. She's walking home with this pitcher of water back in ancient times. That's how they did it. The servant ran to meet her. He said, please, let me have a little water from your pitcher. And she said, drink, my Lord. Back then, it's like, yes, sir. And so she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand, gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said these words, I will draw water for your camels also until they finish drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran back to the well to draw water and drew for all of his camels. And the Bible says, and the man wondering at her remained silent as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And I want to finish right there because this is a tremendous story. And I've actually ministered uh, part of this message or actually most of this message before. But I want to kind of remind us because this actually fits perfectly when we begin to talk about keeping score. Has anyone ever done something for you that they just kind of went out of their way and they totally went above and beyond what you expected? Has anyone that you've known or didn't even know that well, they kind of surprised you with a random act of kindness that you know you didn't deserve? They went out of their way and they did more for you than you had ever expect it. And here's the thing that what happens when people do that, we'll say, why did that person do that for me? I don't remember doing anything for them because we always keep score, don't we? I don't remember doing them a favor. I don't remember them owing me a favor. Why is it that they did something for me? And it just doesn't add up because we are by nature, keeping score. And here's the thing about what this woman did that day is she, this man didn't know her. She didn't know him. But out of her heart, without keeping score, she did above and beyond what she was asked. What if I told you today it's possible to be someone that goes above and beyond for someone else without expecting anything in return? without keeping score. And so I want to kind of lay the foundation of the story I just read 
to kind of give you a little bit of background of what's going on here, this woman by the name of Rebecca was later to become the wife of Isaac, but she didn't know it at the time because the Bible says this servant was there to find a wife for his master's son by the name of Isaac. He went on a mission to find a woman that would go back with him. And back then, when the father and uh, Abraham's wife had already passed away, and so now Abraham is left with the uh, decision to make arrangements for his son to be married. Back then, the parents made the arrangement of who you were going to marry. Could you imagine that that still happened today? If it was up to your parents to, to who you got to marry, you probably wouldn't be married to your husband right now or to your wife. Am I right? If it was up to them to pick. Now, let's just be honest. Some of you, well, the parents said, oh, my God, I can't believe she's going to marry that guy. But anyway, this is how it happened. They did the uh, marriage selection or the marriage arraignment. Or, or, uh, they arranged it. So the Bible said that Abraham was older now, and so he delegated the authority to his chief servant. If you read that chapter, the chief servant was named Eleazar, and so he ordained him, or he designated him with authority to go find this wife for his son. And in that chapter, he begins to tell the servant, you're to go back to my hometown, find a wife there from my hometown, because these are people of the same faith. Uh, don't go to the Canaanites. He tells them, don't go over here. People that are not of the same faith, we still believe that if you're going to get married, marry someone of the same faith. Or you're going to have some trouble there. I'll just be honest with you. And so he goes, and on this mission, he, he goes with 10 camels. They're loaded down with valuable gifts. They got, he's got gold. He's got all these gifts there. And uh, he goes in a caravan to go find this woman. He's got a mission that he's going to have to find a woman there, convince her to leave her hometown, convince her to leave all of her friends, to marry a stranger that she's never met. I mean, you know, that's a tough thing. Especially back then, they didn't have social media, so she couldn't see a pic or a profile or anything. Like, hey, can you send me a pic at least? Uh, I mean, who am I going to marry? There was, there was none of that going on. And so she had to uh, uh, basically convince this woman to do that. And so he decided that he's going to pray. He said, let it be as he kneels down by the well there while all the women are coming out to draw water. And his prayer was simply this, and we don't know how many times he prayed this prayer. We don't know how many times he thought, man, how, you know, how am I going to be able to convince someone? But he prays this prayer. He says, uh, the, the first woman that I asked for a drink of water, not the Bible says the pitcher or a jug, let her lower down her jug, give me a drink of water, and then offer out of her own heart to give water for all my camels. And so the Bible says this beautiful woman by the name of Rebecca comes out and she's going to draw water and he's going to ask her for some water and here's the thing according to Middle Eastern custom during that time it was not um, not a shock that if you asked for a drink of water someone would give you one 
So it wasn't going to be a shock for the woman to give him water, but what would be a big shocker is that she would offer to get water for all his camels. And so the Bible says before he even finished praying, that's how quick God answers prayer sometimes. You're not even finished with a prayer. And the Bible says before he even finished praying that Rebecca comes out and he says, can you give me a drink of water? And she said, yes, sir, or my pleasure, sir. And so she gives him a drink of water and then she said these words, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. And the Bible says she ran back to the water or to the well to draw water. And the Bible says this servant was shocked to a degree because he was gazing at her in silence. He said, could it be that this is the woman that is supposed to marry the son of my master Abraham Isaac? Could this be the woman? Could this really be the one? And so here's the the reason why he's a little shocked. Here's the reason why he's a little astonished by what's going on here. Because to get water for 10 camels, a lot of you say, what's the big deal? I could have just, I just go over there to the faucet and just fill the trough up. Well, back then there was no faucet. There was no thing, there was no water hose or anything like that. You, You had to go to a well Lower down the, the, the bucket there, fill up your, your, your pitcher or your jug, go back and begin to fill a trough for all of these camels to drink. This was not a small offer. This was not just, you know, here's a, a, a cup of water and here's, a, you know, let's get a few gallons of uh, bottled water. She had to take some time to get enough water for all of these camels to drink. This was really a difficult thing for her to do. In fact, let me just give you a a real fact here that one camel, after a long day's journey, will drink anywhere from 20 to 30 gallons of water. One camel. Bible says there's 10 camels. It was that evening, so they had just walked and journeyed. And so these camels were thirsty. Okay, and so she had to go to the well where all the women were there and they were gathered drawing water. And let's just say she took cuts, okay? And so she cut in, they let her come in, get the water, fill. But, but here, here's the thing, uh, 10 camels, let's just say 20 gallons of water, just not even go 30 gallons. 20 gallons each, 10 camels, 20 gallons each, how many gallons is that? 200. She had to be able to draw 200 gallons of water for a perfect stranger. See, when you first read the story, you don't catch it. That's why the servant was gazing at her in silence. Let's just say the jug or this pitcher was five gallons. It would have taken her 40 trips to go back and forth to draw water. Let's just say each trip took her three minutes. I think it would have took her longer. Let's just say uh, in a conservative manner, she went three minutes, got, went back and forth, three minutes, 40 times, uh, that would have taken her for, uh, two hours. So this would have been an act of service, not keeping score, not expecting anything in return. She was drawing 200 gallons of water for a perfect stranger. Out of her own heart, she went above and beyond. Are you with me? 
Now, some of us would have probably just said hello to the man, <laughs> right? Some of us today might have given him the, the paramount wave. Hey, how's it going, you know? Maybe some of us would have said, hey, you know, here's the, the jug, you know, here's the, here's the bucket, leave it by the garage when you're done. But this is not what she did. She invested more, I believe, more than two hours after a long day at the end of the evening, and she did above and beyond, not keeping score, not expecting anything in return. She did more than she was asked to do. Now, in our society today, and where the time that we live in, it's usually not our goal to do more and get nothing in return. How many would be honest? It's the kind of nature of people that we have today. Many people want to do the least work possible, but they want maximum payment. They want to do the least work possible, but they want the maximum benefit. They want the COVID money. Oh, that's something else. Anyway, they want, oh, did I say that? I'm sorry. I mean, they want to do the least work possible and get the maximum benefit. It is the belief today in our society to do the least amount of work in order just to get by. Most people don't want to do more than they are asked to do. Why? Because we're always keeping score. And can I be honest with you? Jesus dealt with this attitude. Jesus dealt with this spirit. And it's found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. Just one verse of scripture. Look at the statement that Jesus makes. When someone forces you to go one mile, go a second one with him. Now, when we read that, he said, man, is Jesus in the, you know, track? Is he kind of, are we talking about, you know, running around the track and say, okay, you know, let's go another one? No, that's not what Jesus is talking about. When he's talking about forced to go one mile, when Jesus shared this or made this statement, the Jewish people who were listening knew exactly what he was talking about. They knew what was going on. He wasn't talking about exercise. He wasn't talking about walking the track. The Jewish people that were listening, they were all too familiar with being forced to do something. Because back then, let me explain this to you, if I was a Roman soldier and you were a Jewish person and I had some baggage or my equipment, I could come knock at your door and you had to carry my bag for one mile. That was Roman law. Could you imagine your worst enemy coming to your door and saying, hey, pick up my bag, buddy? Yeah, one mile. In fact, it was so common that a person would put a one-mile marker from the front door of their house in either direction, and they knew where the marker was. So basically, when a soldier came to your house, you carried that equipment, you, you would see the marker, and then you would just drop the equipment and go, my mile's up, bud. My, you know what I'm talking about, right? Hey, I'm done. I'm done. You know, I, I'm not doing no more. I, I'm done. But what Jesus was talking about here is saying when you get to the one-mile marker, when you get to that destination, then say, hey, do you want me to go another mile? And the Jewish people were saying, Jesus, are you out of your mind? Did you bump your head? What happened, man? What, what's going on, Jesus? Are you sure that you're saying this? And that's exactly what Jesus was talking about. He goes, the first mile you're forced to go, the second mile you do it from your heart. 
The second mile, above and beyond. See, the first mile, you know, they're in control, but the second mile, you're now in control. And Jesus is saying that if we're going to be believers, let me just say this as believers today, if you're going to be a real Christian, did I say real Christian? Real Christian to separate the shallow Christian, the difference is the real Christian goes above, he goes the extra mile. He goes above and beyond. He doesn't do the bare minimum. He doesn't do just enough to get by. Oh, you guys are quiet out there. (laughs) What I'm talking about this morning is summed up in the very words that Rebecca said that day when she told that man, hey, I will also get water for your camels. We see the beauty because the Bible says she was beautiful on the outside, but we see now the beauty that's in the inside of her life. This is the kind of believer that God is looking for today, but in today's society, what people seem to be saying is they're keeping score, and they're saying, I'm going to do the least amount expected of me, but I'm going to try to get the most out of it. And sadly, can I just be honest today? Sadly, this underlying spirit crawls into the church of people of God, into our thoughts and minds, and we begin to have the same attitude in the church. And everywhere you look, you see an attitude of minimum effort, but everyone wants maximum payment. They want minimum effort and maximum... Can I preach this morning? They, they, They statistically, they say... 80% of the work that's done in the church is only done by 20% of the people. Statistically, every church, they say most of the work that gets done around the church, ministry, all the work that has to do to make this church work, really it's only 20% of the people and the other 80% are just watching everybody work and getting the benefit. I'm preaching this morning. I'm going to be honest with you. Now... I learned about going above and beyond. I remember there was a time, there was years ago, much younger than I am. Uh, not that much, no, I was much younger. I was, I was much younger than I am today. And I remember going, I was in the choir, if you believe it or not. You sing better when you're with a group of people. And so, <clears throat> I encourage you to do that, some, some of you. Anyway, so, did I say that? I'm sorry. Let me take a drink. Sing, sing solo. I want to sing solo. Sing solo, no one can hear you. No, I'm just kidding. So here we are. We're in, uh, we're in this choir. And, uh, you know, I, I'd never been out of L.A. at the time. I was young and back in early 80s. And I remember my pastor was uh, preaching a service in Yuma, Arizona. We'd never been to Yuma, Arizona. And I remember we were just a bunch of young singles and a few of the guys, we, we got there early in the morning to Yuma, Arizona. And, uh, you know, I think it was like a six-hour drive. And we left early in the morning, got there. I think we got there around 10, 10 in the morning or 11 in the morning, something like that. And as we drove into town, we had a busted radiator. And I remember we, we didn't know no one in the Yuma, Arizona. We just knew that uh, that evening we were going to sing in the choir, I think the next, oh yeah, that evening we were going to be in the choir at the church service, excuse me, that night. And so um, we called the church office and the secretary said, uh, we'll send you some help out there. And there was this young man and uh, he came and he even had a tow truck and he towed our 
car into, uh, he, he was, a, I believe he was a mechanic and he had his own service shop. So he picked up our car. He took us over to the hotel, got us checked in and he said, hey, it'll take me a few hours to get your car fixed and we'll be, you know, we'll get it back for you. And we were just so grateful. We got to the hotel and everything and, and, and got in there situated. And a couple of hours later, sure enough, the guy came and knocked at the door and he says, your car's done. And we said, wow, this is awesome, man. And we said, how much do we owe you? And he said, you don't owe us anything. We're just glad you're here. I thought, wow, that's awesome, right? Uh, So we went down to the car, and we were about to get in the car. And I remember we looked at the car, and they washed the car. Then we got inside the car, and they vacuumed the car. And then that's when I realized these guys went above and beyond. They did more than we were asked to do. They didn't have to wash the car. They didn't have to vacuum the inside. They didn't have to do any of those things. But they, to us, just fixing the car would have been enough. But see, they went above and beyond. And I realized at that moment, that's what it is to be a real Christian, to go above and beyond. How many times have you heard me as the pastor get up here and say, we got way too many volunteers in our church? My goodness, too many of you guys, we, we have to have, we have to have create a backlog. I mean, we, we can't, too, too many of you guys, too many of you guys want to work the nursery, too many of you want to work the cafe, you want to work the kitchen, you want to usher, you want to clean the park. My goodness, just stop, 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 don't join. <laughs> have you ever heard me say that? Have you ever said, we got too many, please don't join, please don't sign up. Have you ever heard Pastor Isaac say that? No, usually we're sending out a search team trying to, uh, ATF, trying to find people. Where are they at, you know? Got the wrong phone number if we can't get a hold of anybody, you know? You know, what, you know because what happens is that we, we don't go above and beyond the way we're supposed to. And this is, I believe, God is challenging us today. He's speaking to us today to see what we're going to do. Will we go above and beyond? And I'm reminded of a story of a little boy who was heard talking on a payphone. I know some of you don't know what a payphone is, but they used to have a telephone inside the market area before there were cell phones. And this little boy was on a payphone there in the market, and the manager heard the conversation of this little 12-year-old talking on the phone. And he said, and the conversation went like this, hello, ma'am, do you have someone that, do you need someone to cut your lawn? Oh, I see you already have someone. What kind of job are they doing for you? Oh, a good one? Oh, you're very happy with them? Okay, thank you, ma'am. And the store manager told the little boy, I'm sorry that you didn't get that, that job. I'm sorry you didn't you can get that. He goes, oh, no, oh, no. He said, that was one of my customers, and I was just checking to see if she was happy with the service. <laughs> see, I wonder today if we called Heaven Anonymous Hotline and we asked him about your service, what would the angel say? Oh, man, I plead the fifth. I don't want to even answer that right now. <laughs> Bare minimum, man. <laughs> oh, I'd rather not say. I don't want to talk about that. See, this is what made Rebecca stand out that day, is she went above and beyond. And how many know, even the most glamorous jobs, sometimes, if we're not careful, they, be, they can become old hat to us, old things to us, because at first, how many know when you first get a job, you're all excited? 
In fact, you're, you're just, it's a miracle you even got a job. Am I right? It's like, a man, we got the job. I can't believe it. You're all excited. But if we're not careful, it, we, it begins to be routine. It begins to be mundane. We no longer find the excitement, the pleasure that, was, uh, that we got. And after a while, we're not doing a great job on the first mile. And now we're trying to cover our tracks on the second mile. See, you cannot walk the second mile until you learn to walk the first mile. You can't talk about the great things you intend to do if you're not doing great things right now. You can't talk about your great intentions if you're not even getting it done on the first intentions. It's easy for people to talk about, man, uh, one day, pastor, I'm going to be generous. One day, man, I'm going to give if you're not even faithful with what you have right now. If it's, you're not doing anything now, it's not going to suddenly change later. Am I right? So Rebecca started her first mile before she went on to the second mile. Her first mile was she gave the man a drink. After she completed that task, then she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they are finished drinking. See, if we're not faithful where we're currently at right now, we can't say somewhere over the rainbow later. We got to be faithful what we got right. Even when it comes to our giving, even when it comes to our generosity, we say, man, you know, uh, I'm having, you're having a hard time tithing. Did you know tithing is just the first mile? Some of you think, man, tithing, that's, that's the ceiling. Man, that, that's just the beginning of giving. You just started. Can I read a scripture to you? Let me read it to you here. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God? You, you, yeah, you have robbed me, but you say, how have we robbed you? How, how can we rob God? In tithe, first mile, and offerings, the second mile. You're cursed with a curse, your whole nation, for you're robbing me. Bring all the tithe into my storehouse, which is basically the house of God, that there may be food in my house, and test me now, said the Lord of home, if I will not pour out, uh, will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. So tithing is just the first mile. I mean, anyone familiar with the word debt? DBT. Doing everything but tithing. So I believe today if we learn how to give the first mile. See, the second mile is offering. The second mile is missions, conference, building pledge, all of that. But I believe, my pastor used to say, the tithe opens the windows of heaven. The offering pours out the blessing. And I believe today if we'll learn how to be faithful in our tithing and then go on to the second mile, you'll see the best blessing you've ever seen in your whole life. There, there was a man that came to his pastor one day, and he said, I, I'm having trouble uh, wanting to give my tithe. I, I don't think I could give my tithe. I did the math, and it doesn't add up. I'm keeping score. And he said, I, I don't have enough. And he said, what do you mean? The pastor told him, what do you mean? He said, well, if I give my tithe for the whole month, I won't have enough for other things. And so the pastor said, listen to me. I want you to do this. For one month, I want you to be faithful with your tithes. And if at the end of the month, you don't have enough money, I'll pay you the difference. And he told the man, do you trust me? And he said, yeah, I trust you. And he said, you trust me, and I'm just a man, but you can't trust the God of the universe to meet your need? Come on, somebody clap. 
You trust me to meet your need, but you can't trust the God of the universe to meet your need. So let me just say this. Many of us will say, man, that's a lot. You know, God's asking, didn't God forgive you of a lot? Didn't God change your life a lot? Didn't he love you a lot? Didn't he bless you a lot today? Wasn't he with you a lot, amen, when you were by yourself today? He was with you. God, Jesus went the extra mile for you. Can you say amen? He took on the shame and the pain. He, he did a lot for you. And so the Bible said that Rebecca, in verse number 20, she ran to get water for the camel. She, she did it efficiently. She did it quickly. She wasn't waiting around for someone to tell her. And, and, and so I, I wondered, why, would, why was she doing it so quickly? Why was she doing it too fast or so fast? Was she in a hurry to see the Dodger game? Was she in a hurry to watch a novella? What was, why was she doing it? No, she was doing it because she knew the need had to be done. The camels were thirsty. She wasn't waiting for someone to ask her. She did it quickly and efficiently. She wasn't making excuses. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor, I asked somebody to do it. They got to check their calendar. They don't even have a calendar. I got to check my calendar. You know, I don't know, pastor, you know. Uh, let, me, let me check my schedule. You don't even have a schedule. I got to check my schedule. You know, they act like they work for the government or something. Like, come on, come on. So anyway, how easy it would have been for Rebecca that day to lower down her jug, give the man a drink of water, because that's all he was asking for, and go home that day. That would have been the convenient thing to do. That day, that would have been the easy thing for her to do that day. She, she just did what was required. But what separated her from all the other women that day is that she went above and beyond. She did more than she was asked to do. See, a lot of us today, again, it's the minimum. I'm just going to do what's required. See, you're a scorekeeper. But what changed her life, and I'm going to show you in a moment, it changed the rest of her life when she decided, I'm going to go above and beyond what they asked me to do. It set her apart from all the other women that day. I read a quote that said, do things for people not because of who they are or what they do in return, but because of who you are. See, being kind to someone else Going out of your way for someone else says a lot about you. Going above and beyond says a lot about you. Can I just be honest? We have to learn to go the extra mile with a smile. Can I just tell you that? In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, go the extra mile with a smile. Can you smile when you do it too and mean it from your heart? I'm going to go the extra mile with a smile because it's very easy See, what we don't want to do is go the extra mile and we're mad and we're upset. And I, can I just, I'll just put myself under the bus. There's been times in my house where my wife can be in the kitchen, I can be in the other room and I'm over there and she, I can hear her moving stuff. And next thing I know, I, I, she says, honey, I need your help. And, and I'm kind of talking under my breath, don't really want her to hear. And I'm going, oh my goodness, like... Right now? Like, really? And I've learned that my wife has excellent hearing. And she said, I heard that. I was praying. I was talking to God. I didn't know. What are you talking about? I didn't say anything. No, I heard you. I don't need your help. Oh, I, I want to help. I want to help now. 
I'm going to be in the doghouse, man. I need, I need help. I need help now. <laughs> I want to help, but I need help. See, when I do that, I'm not going the extra mile with a smile. I'm doing it with a bad attitude. Am I right? And at that point, I'm keeping score like, man, and I'm being inconvenient, and I'm complaining. And this is what Jesus was talking about. Go the, offer to go the extra mile from your heart. Go the extra mile with a smile. Don't do it with complaining spirit or else. You know, when you do that, it's better that you don't do it. Oh, I got to do it. Oh, okay. It's like, you know what? Sit down. That's it. You know? But we're talking about getting the spirit that Jesus was talking about and offered to go from your heart. In fact, Jesus said this in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse number 20. He said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you cannot enter in to, to the kingdom of God. Now, what is he talking about exceeding the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious people back then, how they did things for you is I do for you, you do for me. They kept score. You know, I, I, I took you to Outback, and you took me to McDonald's. I'm, you know, you're still like here. I'm, you, have, you still have to catch up. Take me to Doubles. Okay, we're still, we're still not there yet. See? See, that's how we do it, right? I do for you, you do for me. You don't do for me, I don't do for you. And so we keep scoring. If we're not careful, that begins to play into how we do things. But what a difference it would make in our lives today if we went the extra mile for someone else. What a difference. Can I just kind of tell you, if you're married, here, here's the best thing for your marriage. You want to heal your marriage? Go the extra mile for that person. Go above and beyond for that other person. Can I be honest? Marriage problem, somebody's being very selfish, if not both. No one wants to go above and beyond the other person. You're keeping score. You're watching what the other person does. And that's not what the kingdom is about. How, what a difference it would make in our church if people went above and beyond. If people said, man, you know what? I, I want to volunteer. Where can I help? What ministry can I join? Man, if I get here early, can I help out? Sure you can. We have a saying around here to those that are in ministry, if you get here on time, you're late. If you get here early, you're on time. And I believe that. If we're going to serve, if we're going to be a part, man, what a difference it would make in our church if people just began to go above and beyond for other people. What a difference it would make for our church and ministry, man. It would change everything about what we do if people went above and beyond. I want to read you a story today. It's a true story. And it's about a gentleman who would often walk home from work. But this particular day, he walked a different route. And I'll read you his story. He said, I was walking down a dimly lit street late one evening. And he said, then I heard muffled sounds coming from behind a clump of bushes. I was a little alarmed because I could hear the, the sound. I slowed down to listen. And then I realized I was hearing the unmistakable sound of a struggle. There was heavy grunting. And only yards away from me, I began to realize that there was a woman being attacked. 
I said to myself, should I get involved? I was frightened. In fact, this man said, I cursed myself for taking a new route home. He goes, man, if I get involved, I could get hurt. And he said, man, I can, I can run to the nearest phone before cell phone, then call the police. And although it seemed like eternity, and the deliberations in my head seemed like a long time, it was only seconds, but already the girl's cries were growing weaker. I knew I had to act fast. I could walk away from this, or I could help. And so he goes, I'm not a brave man. I'm not even an athletic man. I don't know where I found the moral courage and physical strength, but I finally resolved that I'm going to help. He goes, I became transformed. I ran behind the bushes. I pulled the man off of this woman and began to fight him on the ground. But before I knew it, he got away. I turned to the woman and I could see the woman there. It was just a dark outline and I called out to her and I said to her, it's okay, it's okay, he's gone. And the woman said back to him, daddy, is that you? He didn't realize that at that moment, he saved his youngest daughter's life. Had he not gone the extra mile that day, he had lost his daughter. Had he decided that day that it was an inconvenience to help somebody else, he'd have lost his daughter that day. See, often we think when we go above and beyond, everyone else benefits. But could it be that you could be the beneficiary one day? Could it be that going above and beyond will actually bless you and your family? See, what Rebecca didn't know that day, that the moment she told that man, I will draw water for your camels also. That the moment she said that, she tapped in to the plan of God. That in that moment, she tapped into what God was doing. Because most of you, if you don't know this, Rebecca later on, she marries Isaac. She is blessed beyond measure. Her family is blessed. And she ends up being in the lineage of Jesus Christ. She is the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. In that family lineage. See, there was a chain reaction that happened the moment she said, I'll go above and beyond. Listen to me, and I'm going to close here. I'm sure Rebecca was tired at the end of a long day, but when she decided to draw 200 gallons of water, the reward was above anything she could ever imagine. Often when you go above and beyond, when you go the extra mile, it will outlive you. I said it will outlive you. The moment we decide it's going to impact your future and the future of other people. And I'll end with this. What if Noah would have said to God, you know, when God told him to build the ark, he said, God, I'm, I'm not in the boats. You know, I'm not a boat builder. I just, I just don't do that. What if Moses would have said to God, you know, I, I don't like the ocean. I don't like even getting close. I don't like the sand. There would be none, you know, the Red Sea would have never opened up. What if David would have said, I don't fight giants. I only fight people my size. I don't fight the giants. 
What if Mary would have told God, I don't do virgin births. I'm just not in the virgin births. I don't do that kind of thing. What if Paul the Apostle said, I don't like to write letters. We wouldn't have the Bible today. What if Jesus would have said, I don't do crosses. We wouldn't be saved today. See, someone went the extra mile and it's impacted your life. Someone didn't keep score and they've impacted your life. I pray today that you'll go above and beyond. Don't keep score. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Father, right now, all over this room, Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll help us today to be extra mile believers, to go above and beyond for others. Lord, because the blessing is not just theirs, the blessing will return to us. God, let us not keep score. Let us not try to, you do for me, you owe me. God, we don't want to live like that. That stinks. That doesn't go nowhere. But God, today, help, help us to put all that score and that telly aside. Help us to put our calculators away. And all of these things that people owe us, help, help us to just erase all of that. God, we, 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 we're doing better than we deserve. God, today, everything that we have is because of you, and we're thankful. So if you're in this room right now, and if you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never given your heart to Christ today, you've never said, Jesus, come in my life, forgive me of my sin, be Lord of my life. Can I tell you today, Jesus went the extra mile for you. He went to the cross. He died on the cross. He didn't deserve to be there. He did it for you and for me. We were supposed to be the ones on the cross. But he did it to forgive us of our sins so that we can have access and relationship with God, that we can become a son and daughter of God, that we can make it to heaven. Jesus said it this way, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus made a way today, but it cost him his life. He gave his life for you. He went the extra mile for you. Today, I pray today that you'll make a decision to just get out, get out of your inconvenience today and say, you know what? I'm going to inconvenience myself today. I'm, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the little extra today. I'm going to go above and beyond because God went above and beyond for me. He's done a whole lot more. And you know what? I need Jesus in my life. I recognize what Christ has done in my life today. I recognize what Jesus has done. And I want to surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Say, Pastor, I, I need the Lord in my life. Is there anyone at all in this building? You'll be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. Say, I need Jesus in my life. I want to receive Christ in my life. Who are you? Anyone here right now? I don't want you to leave the same way you walked in. Say, I need the Lord in my life today. Raise your hand. Maybe you were once walking with God, but you're not walking with God today. You're away from God today. I, I, I want to go. I, I, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Raise your hand. Is there anyone at all right now? Just raise your hand. I don't want you to leave the same way you walked in today. Why don't we stand right now? Why don't we stand? I want to challenge you today. I know this is a challenging message, but today sometimes we need a little challenge. How many say... Pastor, I want, to be, I want to be an extra mile Christian. 
I don't want to be bare minimum. How many would say, that's me, raise your hand. How many of you say that? Say, that's you. Okay, come to this altar. Make, make, it, make it real. Come on. I'm going to open this altar and say, I, I'm, I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm here to pray for you. I'm here today to just reaffirm your decision. God's looking for extra mile believers. God's looking for extra mile Christians. God's looking for people to say, I'm going to go above and beyond. I don't want to be bare minimum. I don't want to just do enough. I don't want to just do enough to get by. But God, whatever you ask, whatever you ask for my life today, I'm going to begin to do it. I'm going to, I've had a bad attitude. I, I've been keeping score. I've been keeping tally, but no longer, no more. I'm going to go above and beyond. God wants me to do. God asked me to do today. Come on, lift your hands toward heaven. We're going to begin to pray. You begin to tell God today, whatever it is, God's challenging you in an area. God's speaking to your life about things right now. Say, I'm going to go above and beyond. Holy Spirit. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.